Our process makes people think we are crazy. And maybe we're, maybe we're crazy like a fox, I don't know. But it's all based in listening. The content that employees post is owned by them. Well, I don't know, maybe crazy like a fox, Adam, because Carmen Collins is back here on the show for the third time. Third time is a charm. And you're right. She is doing something, and we get into this in the show, that I think is is game changing uh, in terms of the success that she is having in terms of employee and employer communications and the impact that's having on the overall brand. She knows this space and it is, it is a challenge that we all have as social media communicators. What do we promote? What do we not? Uh, and then what's going to be representative of what's going to, 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 to be impactful to our audience. Yeah, Carmen Collins from Cisco joins us uh, again here on Social Pros, truly one of the global leaders on using social media for employer and employee branding and recruitment. This is a terrific episode. She really digs deep and talks about their strategies and their tactics. You're going to learn a lot in this episode of Social Pros. I'm Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. He's Adam Brown from Salesforce. Speaking of Salesforce, one of our treasured longtime sponsors here on the program. If you haven't had a chance to download the Salesforce State of Marketing Report. They uh, gathered data from more than 7,000 marketing leaders across the globe and put together a report on the trends, the strategic priorities, the challenges, the technologies that transform the marketing profession. Really impactful and important research. Grab it, no cost, bit.ly slash new marketing report. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash new marketing report. That's all lowercase. Uh, also this week, a new sponsor, our friends at Upfluence. Uh, we talk about influencer marketing more and more here on the show. It's becoming such a big part of the social media story, whether it's B2B or B2C. Upfluence is an all-in-one influencer marketing platform that provides brands with all the tools they need to take their influencer campaigns to the next level. They just put out their own report. It's terrific, called the Brand Influence Ranking Report. The Brand Influence Ranking Report. You can get exclusive insights into the social media performance of some of the biggest brands and uncover how influencer marketing uh, strategy uh, sort of lifts their social program overall. It's really great. Again, won't cost you anything. Pick up a copy of this report at bit.ly slash brand influence ranking. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash brand influence ranking. That is all lowercase as well. And lastly, and certainly not uh, leastly this week, the show again brought to you by our good friends at Accessibly, who have a super easy to use solution for making your website more accessible. We plugged it in at convinceandconvert.com, had it running in 48 hours. It is not expensive in the least. It makes the site so much easier to use if you have any kind of impairment. And it it really does... Um, provide an answer to an important question and a challenge that anybody with a meaningful website has, we really recommend you take a look at Accessibly and they've got a free analysis tool that takes a look at your site and says, here's some of the things you can do. It's really easy. Again, takes a couple of minutes, won't cost you anything. Go to bit.ly slash web access 2020, B-I-T dot L-Y slash web access two zero two. Zero. I guess we should change that to 2021, Adam. We got to change the hey. change the URL. Got to work on that. We'll, we'll put our best people on it. A new and improved Billy. Yes. 
a new and improved link for the social pros community also new and improved carmen collins from cisco back here for the third time on the program Longtime Social Pros listeners, and I know there are so many of you out there, thank you to each and every one of you. You will be delighted to know that a favorite of the show is back for the third time. I think this is the only person we've had on the show three times who was at the same company. Listeners know that oftentimes people appear on this show and then instantly get uh, hired away to a different job. Uh, But she remains in place, but growing her empire inside the organization that is Cisco. Carmen Collins is back on the program. Carmen is the employee and employer brand and social media lead at Cisco. If you want to uh, tune in to what Carmen has said on this program in the past about the importance of social media for employee relations and in recruitment, et cetera, she was here first, I think it was episode 188, which was five and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And then on episode 329, which was like two and a half years ago. And she is back triumphantly. Carmen, welcome to Social Pros once again. I'm a, I'm hitting a trifecta. There's I'm, going I'm, to be uh, a, a trophy a in the mail. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And a favorite. I will take it. I, you're one of my favorites to listen yeah. to. A certificate so of participation uh, will, be, will be mailed to you. <laughs> I will, I will display it proudly. Carmen, I want to ask you to start off this way. Um, what is the difference between employee-generated content and brand-generated content? When you think about it, I mean, your whole world is about getting team members at Cisco to talk about the organization. And of course, Cisco's got a whole social team that that does the regular brand and marketing stuff. But w- what in your head is the difference between sort of EGC, employee-generated content, and, and brand-generated content? Well, Jay, you know that you and I have an argument about who started that term, EGC. And uh, it was one of the two of us. We'll take it. We'll just share credit. Well, you've got um, a brand new book coming out, so I'll let you take it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate that. I will. I will copyright uh, EGC. But we've been talking as uh, people who've been in the social media and communication space for many, many years that the word authenticity uh, is key, and I think that's one of the reasons that EGC is so different from brand content, um, because speaking of my book, that's one of the things I'm writing about. I'm not even sure that authenticity is the right word we should be using anymore. I think empathy is the word we should be using because authenticity means it's real, right? So brand content can be real. You can give real data and real facts. It's real. Nobody should be fake. But I think what employee generated content does is add that empathy. I can see it. I can be it. I can buy it. If I can see myself represented at a company in their products or their culture, then I can be a part of it. And uh, I think empathy is the word that's missing. And that's what my new book is about, um, empathy and communications. Actually, it's titled Empathy Driven Software Development, which you're like, Carmen, that's weird. Why are you talking about software <laughs> development? Um, well, when I work in a tech company and, and talk to engineers all the time when we're trying to, to recruit them, but it's all about communication. Um, it's one in a series of books, hopefully, um, with Pearson Publishing. And it's engineers use computers to communicate with other people. 
unless Terminator happens, we're not communicating with the computer. We're com communicating through it. And so we're starting with this audience, but talking about empathy. And I think that's why employee generated content is, is so powerful because you can put yourself in somebody else's situation and see yourself there. With all the new social channels coming out, Carm, maybe since the last time you've been here, which is, as we said, 30 months or so, um, TikTok now much more popular than it was. Um, uh, I think stories were kind of just really becoming popular last time you were here. Now we have Reels, of course, on Instagram, uh, Clubhouse uh, recently as well. When, when you think about using social for employee, employer brand, how do you triangulate new channel opportunities? At what point do you say, yeah, we should we should put our toe in in that water as well? Well, from our team's perspective, we're always looking to go where our audience is. And we try to be strategic about it. We do everything in our team. We use the marketing funnel. I mean, if you Googled the marketing funnel, there's probably 5,000 different versions of it. Ours is very simple. Uh, um, we drive awareness, consideration, and action. It's, it's three, and everything is foundationally built on advocacy, which is our employees. Um, but that's what we look at. We look at where is our audience and can we match what's on that channel with our funnel and what we're measuring against? And if the answer is yes. So last year we were one of the first LinkedIn live beta testers. Um, so we did a LinkedIn live program pretty early on. We launched TikTok last summer for our employees because we were one of a third of companies in the Fortune 500 that managed to move their internships virtually during the pandemic. So that's something we wanted to talk about, but how are we going to talk about it if we're all in our different homes and our different WebEx cameras? So we started an intern uh, TikTok last summer, had some fun with our uh, dance moves on TikTok. Uh, so yeah, we, we evaluate everything and, and, and look at it in that manner. And we were one of the first maybe one of the only, I, I don't, I can't keep up anymore, but uh, first talent brands or employer brands on Snapchat. And then after two years, sunset the program, because again, our audience had moved to Instagram stories. And that's one of the places where, you know, we have also moved. One of our most engaging channels is Instagram stories. So we have, we try to evaluate and be smart about it. We don't just jump in the pool, but uh, we have fun innovating. I'm glad you mentioned the virtual internships because so much of your content comes from team members, from from actual actual um, uh, Cisco employees from around the world. How much harder has it been to get content when people are working from home or working remotely versus being on site in the many, 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 many offices that Cisco has globally? How have you adjusted sort of the content creation or the content curation process accordingly? That is one of the great things about having an entire strategy built around employee generated content, because where a lot of brands and communicators were really struggling about how do I change my content during a pandemic, <clears throat> when our employees' lives changed, their content changed. So we didn't really have that much of a, a transition. Of course, we thought about it and we had to be suddenly aware of, are we posting photos of large groups that were, of course, taken pre-pandemic. And we have this joke on our team, how long do we have to be 
in quarantine before we can say clearly this photo was taken a year ago because we have had to put that asterisk in almost every piece of content for the last year. Clearly, this was a pre-pandemic photo, but uh, that was the benefit. We call it the circle of goodness because when we started this strategy five or six years ago, we, we knew it was the right strategy for employer branding, but what we didn't know is all of the goodness that was going to come out of it. Um, you know, if you had pandemic on your bingo cards, you win. Um, so just seeing the things that have helped us along the way by having this strategy is just really a really cool thing. Carmen, I want to talk about something that you said through the lens of empathy and authenticity. One of the things that you've, you've said that I love is this quote, employees are our influencers because if you can see it, you can be it. And I just love that for articulating what you're doing there at Cisco. When you think about the employee-generated content that is being created by your, what, nearly 76,000 employees there at, at Cisco, I'm curious kind of how you ensure that that content does and accurately represents what Cisco is about, because there's always that perception, anything that's kind of coming from a brand is, is going to be sugar-coated a, a little bit. And especially given the fact of the, the past year that we've gone through with, the, as you see, the pandemic and the asterisks next to pictures and civil unrest, talk about how your, 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 your kind of editorial kind of process has changed or hasn't changed uh, over the past year. Again, it's it's this strategy, our circle of goodness. It, our strategy has not changed, really. Um, our content changed, again, because I remember one of the first employee posts that we amplified after we all went into lockdown back in March was a woman in Norway who, I mean, pretty much when, when we locked down, we didn't even have a chance if we were in an office to go in and get our stuff. Right. Like it was just you're at home. Stay there. And she made a standing desk out of an ironing board. And it was so, again, real that I remember that was one of our first posts that we amplified. And it did. I mean, I, it was probably one of our best posts of the month because, again, somebody could empathize and say, Oh my gosh, yes. I don't have a stand-up desk at home. I don't have a seat. I'm sitting on an exercise ball. I don't have a room to myself. My kids are running around behind me. And it was just that that example of an employee having to make do with what she had that we amplified. Um, so our strategy didn't really have to change. Um and because Cisco has put a focus so much on our culture, by the way, I got to give them a shout out for being the world's best workplace for the second year in a row. And I feel like getting it the second year was harder and more, more impactful because it was the pandemic. Um, you know, focusing on that culture at the same time focusing on our new mission as a company, which is to power an inclusive future for all, even with the social unrest, we didn't really have to change our strategy. I think we thought more about it and is our strategy the right way to go, but our 
our entire reason for being is to give our employees voices. So during the Black Lives Matter protests this past summer, we took an internal look like, are we, do we have enough of our black employee voices on our channel? And I think we over-rotated a little bit because we felt like their voices need to needed to be heard. But I think when we looked at what we were doing, we felt pretty comfortable in that this is our strategy. It's our employee voices. If they're talking, we're amplifying it. So again, we're very, we're very lucky in that we had this strategy to start and it's, we've, we've, like a reed, we've bent with the wind, but we've never broken and had to change our strategy. So, Congratulations on the repeat victory to everybody at Cisco. Uh, full disclosure, Cisco is our largest client at Convince and Convert. We love working with our friends. With our friends at at Cisco, Carmen, let me let me ask you a question. I don't think we've ever talked about this. Do you feel like the core audience for what you do in social? is current team members or potential team members? Can you ask me the question again? Because I, I understood it, but I really want to understand it so I can answer it well. Well, I, I just I just wonder if if you think, all right, if we got to if we had to choose, would we rather be communicating to people who already work at Cisco or communicating to people who might want to work at Cisco someday? Well, our goal for our channels, for the We Are Cisco channels, just let me clarify, because Cisco has a lot of social media presences because we're you know, also selling products and talking about our corporate initiatives. So for our We Are Cisco channel, our audience has always been future talent. So candidates coming there. Again, this strategy of employee-generated content means that our audience is also internal, but I don't think I could separate them. They, they have intertwined so nicely that one of the reasons we won the world's best workplace um, from Fortune is that employees have to fill out a survey about us. And I have no direct influence in that process. That's not part of my team. But because we have let employees know that they are heard, that we value what they say, that we amplify what they say, then they refer people to Cisco and then they talk about why you should work here and what a great career it is. When it comes time to fill out those surveys, th those are the things they say. You know, Cisco cares about me. Cisco is invested in me. And so that helps drive that as well. So I don't think we could separate them if we wanted to. I, 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 I can't imagine a world of that. Carmen, I want to... For, for those of you listeners who haven't heard Carmen on the show, and again, recommend that you go back and, and listen to those because there's some, some great gems in there. Carmen, I want to get tactical just a second uh, with amplification. When you speak of amplifying Cisco employees' content, is this something that you're doing by literally kind of cutting and pasting their social media posts and posting them out from we are Cisco. Is this about re uh, you know, retweeting uh, if you will, those I'm curious if your process has changed, if your tactics have changed or if the channels upon which you're doing this amplification have changed since the last time we visited eh, about two years ago. So, 
our process makes people think we are crazy. And maybe <laughs> we're maybe we're crazy like a fox. I don't know. But it's all based in listening. The content that employees post is owned by them. And we try to keep up with case law about this because this is one of those um, areas where you want to be very careful when you amplify employee content that you are following the law wherever you are. Um, and so our process has always been to, I don't like to use the word train because it sounds like Pavlov's dogs, but empower our employees to understand what we're asking of them and why. And so we've tr we've encouraged them to use the we are Cisco hashtag. So we listen on that hashtag all the time. And employees over the last six years, I mean, that's our it's our battle cry. It's our woohoo. We're a part of something cry. And so they always post with that hashtag. We listen. We reach out. And this is where it becomes that empathy and that we hear you. We respond. We ask them, hey. We love your story. Can you tell us more? Please send this photo to our mailer. And then internally, we get the mailer. And again, this strategy we developed has so many extra benefits because usually they write a blog post for us. They're like, oh, you asked for more information? Here's 17 paragraphs. And then we're like, ha ha, here's a We Are Cisco blog post. <laughs> so um, that's how we intake their content. And then when we amplify it, if it came in through a social channel, we will tag them. So if we use your Instagram post and you're on Insta, we're going to tag you. It's your post. And I think, uh, I think the question earlier about, you know, difference between employee content and brand content is that tagging functionality too, that ability to say, this is so-and-so's words, not mine. Uh, I can't PR my way to a great culture. It either is or it isn't. And so this person says it is. You can believe what they say because I, as a brand, am not saying anything. Has your philosophy or process for using organic versus paid for that amplific amplification changed? As these channels get more mature and the algorithms tighten, then yes, we turn to more paid, uh, but we still pay to amplify a post that looks exactly like it would in the newsfeed. So um, although I will say that when we got World's Best this past year, one of the challenges we had is we're all at home. How in the world do you ask employees to shoot photos of themselves celebrating a World's Best when we're in our houses, in our kitchens, in our living rooms? And um, one of the uh, another great thing that's come out of this process that we have is that we've identified over the years some hobby photographers that work for Cisco. Yeah. And we have put a group together, an ambassador group of them uh, via WebEx teams, and we give them challenges and stuff to keep. And we ask them nerdy questions like, what F-stop was that? And they get all excited. And I'm like, it's just Boca. I don't care what F-stop. But, you know, they're they're camera nerds. So they enjoy that stuff. And uh, so when we won, seventy six thousand people, somebody's got to be good at taking pictures. Somebody's well, everybody's good at something at Cisco. Yeah. We've had a we've had a, a master chef in in Asia who won the uh, that version of Master Chef. So everybody's got their passions, and we just asked them. We're like, would you do a self portrait of you celebrating? And we used their images in our 
um, ads and promotions for world's best. So that particular thing wasn't exactly employee generated content, but when we're talking about accolades like that, we're still using our employee content. That's the cool part of it. When you do a uh, paid amplification now, because the company is so big, you have lots of different types of jobs in lots of different regions of the world. How do you target ads? Well, that depends on the channel. <laughs> um, you know, ads on, on the likes of Facebook can, I mean, if you wanted to, you could say, I want to target this street and this city and this, you know, state. You're not going to get very many people to see it clearly because that's what 10 people that live on that street or 10 houses, but you can target it really, really um, closely if you want. And so what we do is try to find a mix of <clears throat> the jobs we have usually fall into categories. So the cloud engineers will fall together. The software engineers will fall together. Our security engineers will fall together. And then we will go after um, not only job titles, but interests. So we've done a lot of um, empathy mapping to our audience and trying to really understand who they are and what they, what they enjoy. And, you know, engineers, for example, Reddit, they love their Reddit threads. By the way, I just want to put this in here. The next time Reddit decides to stick it to the man and we're going to do a stock thing, I wish somebody would text me because I'm just not cool enough to be on Reddit, you know, all the time like they are. But I'm like, somebody text me, please, if we're going to do this. Cisco stonks. That's going to be the next one. Just, just watch. <laughs> watch. Now, my son was part of the GameStop okay. run-up. He's a Robin Hood kid. If they want to push that stock yep. up, feel free. But yeah. uh, uh, full disclosure, I would benefit from that. <laughs> but uh, you know, we go where they are and, and not just on LinkedIn, but you know, what are you interested in? What, what generation are you in? Right? Like apparently my side part is not cool anymore. So I bye. read that. I read that the other day, <laughs> Adam and I are both like, man, that side parts <laughs> are now totally passe and that Gen Z is all about middle part only. And I was like, well, we're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. I'm not well, do sure. Do you know I what people part. with side parts can do that Gen Z can't? What? Buy alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. There you go. <laughs> we have to you by Jay's tequila. You know, uh, yeah. uh, I think closet. there are cool things about side parts. But, well said. Uh, but, you know, we go where the audience is and, and pay attention to what they pay attention. I think the, the instance of AOC doing the Twitch stream is exactly the yeah. same idea for a, mm -hmm. you know, for a broader audience who might not be employer branding. I think that's what we try to do. She knew that she needed to get out the young vote and that's where they were hanging out. So she said, hey, somebody, you know, help me do this. And that's that's a real world example of kind of what we try to do. Absolutely. Adam? Carmen, I've got a follow-up to Jay's follow-up. Um, I think you are truly one of the experts on HR-oriented social media usage. One of the things that I've been talking to CMOs uh, about over the past six months is something I'm calling marketing equality. And just like you articulated, marketers now have this ability to precision target different audiences or exclude different audiences uh, in digital and social media. So my question for you is this, are there any things you have to be very careful or specific about 
when you are picking a specific audience to market your employment messages to make sure that you are being as inclusive and non-discriminatory as certainly Cisco is known and respected for. Yes, and maybe that's one of the benefits of sitting in HR. Um, we call HR people in communities. By the way, we don't even call ourselves HR anymore. <clears throat> but one of the of the benefits of sitting in HR is I think that's built into our thought process from do we have enough ambassadors to represent our inclusive uh, employee base? We all know that tech has some challenges with inclusivity, especially in Silicon Valley. So how do we move and double down on certain areas and still make sure that we're, you know, inclusive for all? We've put a very heavy focus in our team on accessibility, um, making sure we have captions in our videos, by the way, if there's one thing I could change about social media today, it would be for all of us to stop making graphics with novels written on them because if they're not accessible, <laughs> um, they're also just not easy to read if you're on your mobile device, which is where everybody is. So if I can influence any of your listeners today, stop putting graphics on text. I mean, text on graphics. I said it backwards. It's, it's, or graphics on text. text. Way. Or graphics yeah. on text, whatever. Yeah, stop it catch them with that strong visual and give them the information in the text field. But so, yeah, we really, it's built into our thought process. Are we perfect at it? I am sure we are not. I'm sure everybody um, has a set of biases and blind spots um, that we're not aware of, but I think, I think we make a pretty good effort at it. And we have employee uh, resource organizations that just changed their names to inclusive communities and they are, are conscious. They'll tell us because we've empowered them to. They feel like they can say what they really feel and be heard uh, from just Cisco's culture and also our amplification of their content. So we trust them. They tell us. Everybody tells us. <laughs> we have 70,000 critics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carmen, obviously, we've got the, the main hashtag and your recent Love Where You Work contest. We've talked about empathy mapping of your of your core audiences. When you think about EGC, are you trying to fill particular buckets from a messaging standpoint? Are you thinking, all right, we have X number of posts this month and, and we need to have eight posts about inclusivity. We need to have eight posts about, I don't know, dog friendly. We need to have eight posts about um, opportunity for advancement. You know, what, what is sort of the, the, the messaging matrix there, the pie chart, if you will? And, and, and are you actively thinking about that when, when you're trying to decide what to publish and what to amplify? Yes, when our team was in our infancy, we did have something of an editorial calendar to remind us of the themes that the business really wanted, you know, to amplify. And so we would always want to make sure we'd have a post about our corporate social responsibility and a post from our inclusive communities and a post from our engineers. And the first two or three years we did that, and then it just became so natural to us that we still have that calendar, but we don't don't use it that way anymore. Um, I think now we are mature in our team process that where our current focus is, is that we have an abundance of content. Like most marketing teams do not have the problem of too much content. They have the problem of not enough. 
we have the too much content problem. So now our strategy is how do we now go out into the business to amplify this content more because we have so much of it that I almost feel like sometimes we we run the risk of diluting our content because we have so much. And it's now we're thinking, okay, where does it fit? And and Disney is a company that does this very well, creates one piece of hub content and then spokes it to, you know, their different parks around the globe, their different communities within Disney. And so I think that's where we're starting to to look at that question that you asked, but just in a different way. Carmen, I know one of the things we brought up uh, a few minutes ago was the fact of last time you were on, I think Instagram uh, carousels were, were, were kind of a, a new thing. And, and here we are in the start of 2021. And you've all already had a great year of leveraging TikTok, uh, as, as well as continuing, as you said, on Instagram. I would love if you could share with, uh, with our listeners a little bit more about the pilot that you, you ran on TikTok. About our TikTok pilot. Well, we, we had two focuses in our pilot. One was a We Are Cisco TikTok account. What were we going to do with the We Are Cisco account? Was was TikTok ready for a B2B brand? I mean, my team is the most consumer messaging part of Cisco, but we are a B2B company. And were people going to be open to that? So that was part of our pilot. And then we had... Um, our interns and also employees who just wanted to interact with our interns posting on their own accounts because we are always a big proponent of starting on their accounts. They have networks we could never reach as a brand unless we did pay to you know target them. And then that's kind of creepy sometimes. <laughs> so <clears throat> we had them posting on their own accounts. We would give them weekly challenges. Um, I'm trying to think, we kicked it off with the greatest showman challenge with the ladies and gents. This is the moment you've waited for when the, the interns kicked off their summer. We had a retrospective at the end of their summer, things we did. Um, we, it's an older trend, so I don't think anybody is doing it anymore, but a filter let you try to do a push up and move a bubble through a maze, you know, by pushing up. So we did, we gave them challenges and they had a great time. And then we interacted and duetted each other. And my favorite moment of the summer was one of our interns, uh, gave a dance challenge on the, we are Cisco TikTok to the rest of the employees and her dad duetted her. I'm like, this was when I knew that it was okay for that TikTok was being invaded by another generation because her dad duetted her. And I'm like, this is cool. This is just, again, the, the, if you see it, you can be it kind of feel that we go after. You know, as we, as we talk with you here and in our past episodes, one of the thing that, that that's fascinated me is the lack of us talking about what you would typically talk about when we're talking about employee communications in social media, and that would be LinkedIn. And that brings me to, to kind of my question, and that is, have you done any studies or measurement to see the not just employee relation, employee communication, best place to work benefits of your activities at Cisco, but the overall brand impact of what you do, i.e. the messages that you're sharing are certainly resonating with a very specific audience of employees and potential ones, but it's having a halo effect over the entire Cisco brand. 
I think it, I think it's moving that way. I, I am always glad when other teams at Cisco come and say, Hey, we want to give the employee angle on this, or has anybody thought about we're launching this product? Has anybody thought about the, the, we are Cisco angle is, is what they'll call it. Um, so yes. And I think you will see more and more of that. I know that we have a new, um, executive overseeing uh, some of our cloud, uh, software engineering divisions and has specifically come and said, you know, we need to talk in our ads about what we do and how do we do that? And, you know, that's, that's different teams across the company coming together to, to figure that out. I, you know, of course I'm going to have my position and my, my, stance that it should be definitely employee driven, but you know, there is the one thing I think with EGC, there is a lack of polish a little bit on EGC. And so I think that's where the whole company can come together and, and figure out what that looks like. I, I think, I think we'd be one of the first companies to do it. And I think it's going to be pretty special if we can pull it off. Um, cross your fingers for us. <laughs> No, I, I agree completely, Carmen. I mean, I, I like to think that a brand can't be empathetic. Uh, empathy comes from people and it comes from the people behind a brand or a company. And that's how you share and express that that empathy that, that your book is, is going to be about and what you do there each and, and every day. So um, really can't wait to see uh, your, your work and your efforts and what you do at Cisco evolve. Jay? Well, and I'm just going to say it's the, the idea that that the brand would reach out proactively to your crew and say, "What is the we are Cisco angle on this?" is a real testament to your work, your excellence, your longevity, and the dedication of your team. There's not too many organizations that that are are mindful of that perspective. So it's great that that they constantly not only allow you to have a seat at the table, but seek you out for a seat at the table. That's uh, that's really special. Way to go, Carm. Thanks. Yeah, we'll have you back for the book. Uh, what well, we won't wait thirty months this time to have you back what? for your four time. For the book, you'll be a four P, but you got you got to have a book first. You don't get to be on the four time to have a book. That's that's the that's the carrot well, on the stick. Conveniently, conveniently, um, in one year, uh, we will be on the shelves, and you we'll can read show. it and. Um, I want to, can I, can I give a plug to empathyintech.com? Um, go check it out. It's, you know, it's, it's give brand new. Empathyintech.com. Empathyintech.com. And it'll be a new site because we literally just signed the contract with the publishing house uh, yesterday. But, uh, you know, we're going to ask for, I think one of the things about writing about empathy is you have to be empathetic. Uh, <laughs> I'm learning a lot. I thought I was an empath. I, I think I, you know, I've been told my whole life I'm too sensitive about things. So, um, but that's a strength apparently. So I'm learning, but we're actually going to engage our community and, and ask for help. Like in this book, how can you help us? Will you be a cheerleader? Um, will you be a coder that can help us, you know, you know, really define this because engineers are skeptics. Let's, let's be honest. They, they want to know, they want to know that what you're talking about is legit. And so, uh, you know, do you just want to help us amplify later? Are you just in, you know, for buying the book later? We're, we're gonna, it's going to be a community. This is going to be a village. 
Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Empathyintech.com. Look for Carmen's uh, forthcoming new book. Carmen, we're going to ask you the two questions we ask all the time here on the show. First one, if you uh, could give somebody one tip, somebody who's looking to become a social pro, what would you tell them? Well, I'm just going to tie it back into my book again because it's all about self. I'm totally kidding, but I am going to tie it back in my book. I think you have to have empathy. My biggest complaint with brands and social media is most, and not, not all, there are some standout brands for sure, but most make it about what they want to say and what they want to promote. And what, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't sell your product or you shouldn't have somebody try to download your white paper, but you got to give them the why you have to give them the why you have to have empathy. And, you know, as a marketing organization or as a marketing industry, we rely on personas a lot. And I, I am learning that personas have implicit bias and are actually not as strong on empathy. You are putting your own experiences into that persona. You're giving them, you're picking a picture to represent, you know, some niche of, of your buyer or your audience, and you're putting your own bias on top of them. So you really have to understand your audience and not say what you want to say when you want to say it. You've got to get to the why. Well said. Absolutely. Carmen, last question for you. If you could do a video call with any living person, who would it be? I would love to have a chat with Michelle Obama. I think that would be just the coolest thing that I could do. But I also have an asterisk. I have, um, we were lucky enough to have Van Jones come talk to us uh, at Cisco this week uh, for social justice week. And he is just full of gems. I, I would, I would also like to get on a video call with him. Um, one of the things he said, which is a direct thing that we're trying to solve in our book, which is in tech, we have an awful lot of data and not a lot of wisdom. And I think it's because empathy has been left out. We we have carved empathy out of technology since its beginnings. I mean, literally, Grace Hopper um, wrote her code in order to start to speak in tech, like using English. Right. Yeah. We, we just make it so tech based and the cultural norm of what an engineer is, they're anti. So we got to knock that off. Right. Uh, so I love that quote from him. And I would love to have a chance to talk to him as well. I think you can probably make that happen. Day. I cheated. You can do it. I cheated. You can make it happen. <laughs> I it's okay. <laughs> Carmen Collins, thank you so much for being here. Three timer. Uh, your trophy is uh, is theoretically in the mail. We'll get those done by the time you're here the fourth time. Uh, look I for Carmen's new book. Empathyandtech.com is going to be the community for that. She is at Cisco. Thanks again, Carmen. Thanks for having me for the third time. Great job, as always. On behalf of Mr. Adam Brown from Salesforce, I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. This is hopefully your favorite podcast in the entire world. This has been Social Pros. Social Pros.